you're listening to a Mash Those Buttons limited series. Visit us at mashthosebuttons.com. Bailey has nothing to do with this. We just want a few answers. Off the record. Off the record in a C-Sec interrogation room? Sure. You hired an assassin. Who do you want dead? I want to see my advocate. Your advocate hasn't arrived. We're trying to find him. I'm not saying a damn word until he's here. You two are in way over your head. Pay attention, Mr. Kellum. That wasn't a good idea, kid. That is gonna cost you. Control your temper. We want him to talk. Sorry. My associate gets a little... excited during interrogations. Hit me again, asshole. Every punch is another credit. Works for me. No! Do you know what I'll do to you when I get out of here? Keep it up, tough guy. You'll leave in a bag. Go to hell. Ease up. He's no use to us dead. Are we done here? Because I got people to see. Like the guy who's gonna sue your ass for assault. How about this? You tell us the target, you never see us again. And Bailey drops his price 50%. Yeah? Can I get that in writing? I don't think either of us want this in writing. Alright. I ain't going to jail for the tadpole. And I do love a bargain. Joram Talid. Turian running for office on the Zakir Award. He messes with legitimate businessmen. I'm gonna stop it. Where and when? His apartment. The 800 blocks. You better hurry him. What's going on here? Get away from my client. You... You played me! If you'll excuse us, we have an assassination to stop. Hello and welcome to Squad Goals, a Mass Effect Legendary Edition podcast, where we're discussing our experiences playing through the Mass Effect Legendary Edition. My name is Nick Zelenkevich, and I'm joined by Chip Locke. Howdy, Space Cowboys. And Corey Kurabara Treadway. Greetings from space. And this is episode number 32, and we are continuing our uh, journey through the loyalty missions. This week, we will be heading to the Citadel once again, which, uh, lucky for us, happens to have two missions. Uh, for crew members, we can do Thane and we can do Garrus. And so we shall. Uh, but before we do that, let's get into some of what happens uh, when you first get back to the Citadel. Because it's our, you know we're returning now again for the first time in Mass Effect 2. There's a few additional quests that are available. And also there's some stuff that maybe we missed the first time around that we can talk about now. So let's go ahead and get into that with uh, the... Uh, Let's do the game salesman first. <laughs> Where I think it's like on floor. Is it 28? I forget which. Yeah, it's level 28. Yeah, I think uh, so. The one with the a little, nightclub on it. Yes. Yeah, like when you come around like the corner, there's like the, everything kind of opens up a little bit. And like right smack in the middle, there's a kiosk with a Solarian game salesman uh, effectively working for GameStop. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. When he asks if you want to buy like hollow protection or whatever. Or data oh. protection, or it's like DRM protection or something. Yes. Yeah. It's, yeah, it, it's it's a completely tongue-in-cheek encounter. There's no actual quest here. We just wanted to highlight this because it's very amusing, and it's very reflective of, uh, I'd say it's reflective of, you know, game sales, and in particular GameStop back in, uh, you know, 2010, but. Oh, for sure. Uh, 
I, I, you know, I don't know. I honestly don't know what GameStop is like anymore because it's been many years since I've been to a GameStop. I, I, I could tell you I was there last week and it's like, a, hello, it's like, all right, you pre-ordered that. Cool, cool. Could you, do you want to get the game protection plan? Do you want to get this protection? Are oh, no. you a rewards member? Oh, also, do you have this? I'm like. So it's, it's exactly the same is what you're saying. Yeah. But, do they still sell the magazine? They killed the magazine, right? It's digital. You can get physical still, but it's mostly digital. Actually, I think they might kill the physical, but it's the magazine's still there. You still can get that. One okay. thing they, they have they have changed is uh, I didn't know this, but I bought a game, and then because I bought that game, it, it gave me ten dollars of credit for the next game I bought. So I got a game that was on sale for half off, and then with the ten dollars of credit plus the ten dollar coupon I had, I paid ten dollars for a game. Okay, nice. it's a good deal. Yeah. All right. Sorry, GameStop. I feel like I've I've maligned you now. I just I just don't buy physical media, so I have no no reason unless I wanted Funko Pops to go to a GameStop. Well, I, I guess that's kind of what's odd about the the game salesman here is that right we're watching the decline of GameStop, but I mean, even though when you go in there, like functionally, it has not changed other than like the the magazine possibly having been eradicated, but. You know, and what is it? This is what twenty one eighty something. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Like, what is game sale? Like at this well, point, like you go, we should be buying everything online, even, right. even our consoles. I mean, and that that I think is one of the problems we're seeing because so many more people are buying, trying to buy stuff online now. The the console sales for you know the PS five and the Xbox have like the complaints about them are akin to like ticket sales. It's not oh like everybody's going you know and waiting out front the store and you know camping out and obviously there are reasons for that um but it's you know it's like the we we have seen much more change in our game purchasing habits in the last 10 12 years Mm -hmm. than we're seeing like we're seeing from 2010 to 2184 or whatever yeah in in terms of this solarium yeah right right yeah there's an there is an interesting thing i was reading looking at one of his dialogue lines is uh do you have a cat with us? If you open one, we have a specialist month. You can download a game free. Okay. <laughs> Which is All interesting because right. currently yeah. a lot of subscriptions actually do give you free games nowadays. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And even then, it, I mean, I have uh, PlayStation Plus and I can't tell you how many games. I, I noticed today I was looking through the store. I was like, wait, when did I get Ratchet and Clank? <laughs> like, oh, that's funny. And yeah, like at some point, yeah, it was free one of those months and it's on my account. And as long as I, I keep my subscription up, I can download and play Ratchet and Clank. Wow, they gave I that want. away already? The new one? No, no, oh, this is an older one. Oh, I think okay. it was like a, re- what might have been a remaster. This, this, was, okay. this was the, the, that was the re-release of the, the remaster of the first game. Oh, the okay. Game. That's cool though. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. I have oh. so many of these too. I mean, and then, I mean, with like Game Pass Plus, like it's ridiculous. I don't even know what my game library is. It's just dumb. Oh Yeah. Yeah, game pass looks like a great deal. I need to but, get um, on at some point. Yeah, I like it is. It is for like this. He's such an anachronism. Like who's who's going to a yeah? Who's going to like a physical kiosk like to buy games in the year twenty one eighty five? No, thank you. You know, I'm gonna get into like my VR hollow suit and maybe I go to maybe I go to Second Life GameStop though. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> It'd be so dumb. Is well, Second Life the secret still a thing? I mean, it exists. Maybe he's the key to Shepard figuring out that, like, the entire universe is a simulation and the Reapers are somehow sent from oh, whoever God. runs that simulation. Yeah. 
indoctrination theory rears its ugly head. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, so check that guy out. Uh, we also have uh, the return of Kalisa Al Jelani. Who? who? That's Kalisa Bin Seen and Al Jelani to you. Oh, is it? If that's oh. her full name, yeah. <laughs> so, once again, I think you have the opportunity to punch her. I did not punch her this time. I didn't either. I actually saved mine. I saved mine up for the third game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, you only get one punch on her? Oh, no. No, you get more than one, but uh, it's fun in the third game. If you haven't punched her previously, like if you do punch her previously, like in the, uh, you get like a little hand-to-hand combat scene. Um but yeah, like otherwise she doesn't see it coming and it's great. Nice. So yeah, she asks a question about us letting humans die on the Citadel. And I think I, I responded, we don't have time for this crap. <laughs> just it's a good answer. Her off. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. I mean, she's just awful. Like the, she's just so punchable. Well, I guess the thing is like, she doesn't have any redeeming qualities that she's just there to antagonize Shepard and I guess sort of represent the media antagonizing Shepard, but at least they put other representation of the media in. Right. Because uh, there's, I mean, Emily Wong at least is cooperative and kind of understands like you got to give to get. Yeah. Whereas she's entirely, you know, Kalisa's entirely just antagonistic from the get go, trying to kind of, you know, that she's the representation of like gotcha exactly. journalism. Yeah. That's like, which, again, that was, that was more of a big thing back in 2010, if I'm not mistaken, or, or earlier in the 2000s. You know, I don't, I don't watch like traditional journalism stuff anymore, so I don't know if they. St- I assume they still do that. I mean, that's kind of why still, I stopped watching. Well, they're still hostile media, but now everybody's kind of in their own silo. So mm. um, I see. You're, you're not. You're not. You don't often get the oh, people just don't take hostile interviews anymore because why would right, you? Right, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Um, that's funny. But yeah, she does represent that brand of of exactly like like gotcha journalism where you know you try and talk somebody into saying something that sounds bad, like even though you're not giving them good options. Right. Or even then, like, you know, Shepard will give a good answer and then it gets edited. Right. To exactly. make it sound bad. Yeah. So it, it doesn't it doesn't matter what Shepard does here as long, you know, because no matter what, Shepard's gonna come out looking bad, whether it's you know, even punching, you know, punching her is the most satisfa- satisfying resolution from our perspective. Um, but yeah, she's still going to then report Shepard punched me, you know, what, Yeah, you know, get some, uh, anger management treatment. I mean, I think, I like, I think if you're playing this right, like as a paragon, you don't punch her, you do your best in the interviews or you just walk away. Right. Um, I, but it's like, it's like, I don't want to punch her. I want to punch like the concept that she represents. And I think that's really <laughs> cathartic as a player to be able to do that. It does nothing, but it's like, this feels good to have been able to just give a big middle finger to this whole institution. Yeah, I just I just made her feel bad. The big thing made her look like the bad guy. Just said like, "Hey, these are heroes." You just freaking just started talking shit about. Does that like work though? Worked for me. Probably not. It worked for you. Okay, that's fair. (laughs) Yeah, I guess I mean like in the context of when you inevitably hear like the clip that she releases that makes you sound like a total jackass. Yeah. I think in three, actually, if you don't punch her, which I don't know if I've ever managed to do, but I believe I've seen something or, or you know read something that is you can you can finally turn her because the severity of the situation is such that she finally realizes her brand of journalism is unhelpful. That's that's a pleasant thought that like the worst of us can be redeemed in the face of insurmountable it's, odds and destruction because it is a comforting thought. Right. 
Although, like, what 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 defines insurmountable? <laughs> yeah, has yet to be seen. Um, is clearly not quite insurmountable, but extremely dangerous. You know, and and very annoying. Uh, didn't work. Yeah, but, yeah. Moving on. <laughs> uh, and one other thing is, I did actually get the chance to catch up with the uh, finding the Presidium groundskeeper in the Dark Star. <laughs> and uh getting uh getting the fish from the citadel souvenir store to give it to the krogan did you ask me how the bathrooms were i did not should <laughs> <laughs> although the, the krogan did have a, a funny quote when they after you buy them the fish that one of them says guns are better than fish uh, yeah yeah like there's mm. the one who's super obsessed with it and the other one who's just like dude i don't i don't care oh, yeah, yeah. i can't eat my gun <laughs> exactly. I guess a Krogan probably could eat their gun, but I know I personally can't. <laughs> um, did you? So Nick, did you lie about? So you bought the fish? Like you lied fully lied to him about the source of the fish? I uh, yes. Yeah. I was like, I kind of, I, I want, I need to see this play out. <laughs> it's much funnier. It's yes. it's just much better. I think that wraps up everything on the Citadel at this point. I think we're caught up now. Let's well, so get that new that new uh, game store of. VR game or something. I want to go play Galaxy of Fantasy. Yes. Which is definitely not World of Warcraft at all. Not at all. Not at all. Although now I'm wondering about like Bobby Kotick. Like he would be he would be a vote a Volus, right? At best. Mm, probably a probably a Batarian. <laughs> mm, I would just say Vorcha, but I mean we, uh, clearly we all have a good opinion of Mr. Kotick. Yes. Anyway, let's, let's move on to somebody that we do have a good opinion of, and that would be Thane. And let's hear about his loyalty. Wait, 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 wait. Not all of us have a good opinion. We know Chip doesn't have a good opinion about Thane. I, I have a neutral opinion. I don't dislike <laughs> Thane. It's just You like Thane more than you like Bobby Kotick. That's well, funny. okay. That's a low-ass bar, but yeah, yeah. That's underground bar. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, let's, let's hear about Thane. Thane asks Shepard to help him stop his son Kolyat from becoming an assassin. Shepard and Thane head to the Citadel where Kolyat is about to undertake his first mission. They talk to Bailey and Cisek, who tells them Adrell was talking to a kid named Mouse. As it turns out, Mouse used to help Thane on assassination missions when he was younger. After some pressure, Mouse gives up that Kolyat's contact is Elias Kelham, a wealthy businessman of ill repute. Shepard and Thane have Bailey arrest Calhim, and then interrogate him in a game of good cop, bad cop. They discover that Kolyat's target is Joram Talid, a Turian anti-human politician on Zakira Ward. Shepard and Thane track Talid from the rafters as he greets voters and shakes down merchants. Shepard and Thane see Kolyat coming and are able to interrupt the assassination. They chase Kolyat to Talid's apartment, where the young Drell has Talid at gunpoint. Shepard figures out how to de-escalate the situation, and Kolyat is remanded into CSEC custody. After talking to Bailey, Shepard can get Kolyat's sentence reduced, as the father and son Drell are now communicating again. Okay, so I'm curious. How did you guys handle the showdown with Kolyat in the little, the little room there? So, I, I did both, and this is another one where... 
the renegade choices did not for me offer like a satisfying playthrough. Um, and so I ended up, you know, just kind of like working him down. And, uh, so I should say, I should say like, I played renegade through a lot of this, like I did, you know, give mass a hard time and stuff like that. But at the end I wanted, like, I wanted a good outcome for Colyot and, and Thane. So yeah, I have a lot of sympathy for that. I mean, it's, it's the father-son relationship is tough in the best of, you know, it can be tough in the best of circumstances, and this was clearly not the best. But Thane, you know, whatever, like, I, I'm not particularly moved by his character, but the situation is like, yeah, you should be able to have a good relationship with your son. Yeah, it's kind of unfortunate that it, it came to this in the first place. Yeah. Yeah, especially, like, like the reason this all happened is because Thane was mad about, uh, what happened to his wife? So he decided to just track everybody down, and then lost track of time and the, the growth of his son, who should have really been more important. Right? Yeah. I mean, he just yeah he had a terrible reaction to a tragedy in his life, but well, the problem is it's a bit of the the when when all you have is a ha- when all you have is a hammer, everything's a nail. Like when you are an assassin, the only way you can kind of re- react to things is to be an assassin so i mean no not that that excuses him but it's kind of like it, it, it's like that's why he did what he did because he didn't know any other way to handle it which i mean unfortunately yeah what what Colyat needed was a dad not you know some somebody to go out and commit vengeance because you know right. it's not like vengeance will bring bring his wife back and thane wasn't there when his you know when Colyat like when his mom was alive like thane was off on business a lot as it yeah right he's always on business well but yeah, so they they already had a distant relationship, and Thane basically just sort of abdicated his responsibility. It seemed like, yeah. yeah. And I, I like Takoya had a very very honest reaction to being told like, "I did to kill the like, people who killed your mother." It's like, all right, that really didn't help. But you weren't there anyway, so why that freaking mm-hmm. matter? Do you think I was going to be like, "Oh, so, so, oh, now I forgive you, Dad"? Yeah, I mean, Thane was selfish in, in his reaction to this. Like, he wanted vengeance and he put his own needs ahead and Kolya calls right. him on it and it's totally valid. And I also, I enjoy, you know, Bailey after the the fact, um, my man Colonel Ty from Battlestar out here uh, talking about, you know, his his sort of rocky relationship with his, his kid. And I don't know. Yeah. Well, well, it's nice that they give Bailey that because it allows... It allows somebody to have like a, a fatherly level of empathy for Thane. Right. Um, I mean, Shepard obviously doesn't, well, th- that we know of doesn't have any kids, but, um, but uh, even then, like I, you could kind of argue in a way, like the crew is Shepard's kids, like the way you're especially having to get these people through all these, their various traumas and whatnot. Um, I don't know if you go, yeah. if you go based on the memes, Shepard has kids in every port. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, right, right alone. I mean, Shepard could probably, you know, like knock up half the crew of the Normandy if he wanted to. But, <laughs> but uh, no. But it's like at least like Bailey. Bailey provides a nice sort of, sort of counter to Thane, where, um, you know, where Thane was kind of you know was absent and then kind of trying to come back, and and especially was absent to the point of, uh, you know, like negligence with, uh, you know, Colette kind of running off and 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 beco- trying to become an assassin. Whereas, you know, Bailey, it, it's, you know, a little more like a little more steady in that regard. I mean, Bailey seems like a decent working guy, a fairly, you know, he's he's the you know, he's the guy he's, he's got his nine to five that he's always working there. Whereas Thane is just off on these exotic adventures that he, you know, he has that 
memory recall mm-hmm. way of, of telling you everything there. Yeah. And like, but Bailey, I should have a little more dynamic character with Bailey too, because it's like, he's not just some kind of like slightly corrupted cop. He's got a little more to him, even though he is trying to sell his tickets to the ball to uh, criminals and stuff. But. <laughs> See, I don't, I mean, I guess you're right. Like, Bailey is slightly corrupt, but I get the feeling like he's, he's slightly corrupt because like you have to be like, yeah, you yeah. can't, you can't, you know, not to say like, you know, a, a cab or whatever. I mean, that's the separate completely from this discussion, but like <laughs> at least, at least within the context of the, you know, CSEC and, uh, you know, the Citadel that, yeah, like you kind of need to, you know, you kind of need to play the game the way the game is going to be played. You can't, you know, it's not the kind of place where you can show up with morals. I mean, that's to, to a degree. That's what Garrus was always upset about. Was like, no, like I can get these guys. Garrus didn't want to play the game. He right. wanted to, you know, come in and he, you know, he didn't fit in there and he felt that. And ultimately that's why he's better off, you know, on, on the Normandy with Shepard. Yeah. It's the whole, you know, you can't do everything by the book. And, and so like, and we'll see this in the next upcoming mission too, but yeah, it, well, I mean, I just, I like Captain Bailey. I, don't know what he says about policing in general, and I'm not going to try and opine on that because I think that's a dangerous topic to get down into. Uh, uh, but yeah, this, this is not the place for that topic at the moment. No, no. <laughs> uh, not the time, not the place, not the. I'm not the person. But yeah, you know, a cab. All caps are Bailey. Oh, all cops are Bailey. That would be cool, actually. I feel like I would enjoy that. Um, yes, I don't know, just a bunch you, of clothes. Captain Bailey's, Bailey's just, walking around. Every y'all say Bailey's, I just think of the Bailey's Irish cream. <laughs> It's funny. <laughs> totally not germane to anything, but did you know that his first name is Armando? No. Armando Bailey. Yeah. I think I did know that. Yeah, it, it gets revealed at some point in the game, and I, I periodically will forget it and rediscover it and be like, wow, that is a name, that is, dude. That is But you know, but that just shows sort of the you know, the 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 ethnic mixing that you can it have does. a last name of Bailey, the first name of Armando, and he seems American? I mean, yeah. there's no. Yeah, he does. I mean, you know, I, 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 I'd struggle to place his accent as any sort, anything other well, than like just American. There's also the future where everybody's like not exactly the same. Also true. Yeah, it's. I like it though. I think that there's these these little details like this exactly that sort of point to them thinking about like what would Earth look like in you know 170 years or whatever from from when they made the game and yeah, you would expect that. You'd expect a lot more cultural mix. Right. Um, but yeah, I just I just enjoy that. So yeah, I, I like Bailey. I mean, I think him and Garrus, I always do kind of sympathize with them. Like I always have that just like there is a point where, you know, regulations say, oh, you can't do this, but uh, and sometimes could justify the means. I mean, I think it's gray and they make a good case for their rule breaking. Right. But also, I mean, Bailey still stays within sort of the confines of the system, whereas right. Garrus is just, I, uh, yeah, Garrus just wants to beat everybody up. Yeah, Garrus goes to an extreme. And Bailey's not like a dirty cop, because, I mean, they have like the traditional dirty cop at the beginning of one, who's just, he's a drunk, he's, you know, fraternizes with criminals. Bailey's just kind of like, eh, some rules, you gotta, you gotta brand the rules sometimes. It is what yeah, it right. is. Phil will never see that dirty cop again, ever. No, I'm sure it won't come up another at all. 15 minutes. Right. No. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really appreciating like the narrative thread that they gave for us on the Citadel and the loyalty missions here. I never kind of thought about it that much before, but now as we're talking about it. Yeah, right. But also well, it's all 
Because, I mean, it's all tied into CSEC. Like, that's the thing is you get on the Citadel and, like, the first thing, go talk to CSEC. I mean, even then, like, you come through CSEC and you have to talk to Bailey, like, regardless of what you're doing. Yeah. It re- and, yeah, it really is, like, Law and Order Citadel edition or whatever. That's the name of the episode. Thank you. Okay. You're welcome. <laughs> I like it. Dun, dun. <laughs> all right. But, yeah, so... So, so that's just Captain Baylor reminds me of Lenny Briscoe from Law and Order. Like the see that. old classic Law and Order, because Lenny also is kind of like, yeah, you know, gotta you know go along to get along. You know what I mean? Because he's he's been through everything. He he's you know yeah. It it's to, to steal a line from from Patriarch, uh, you know, uh, on Omega. You know he you know who to smile at. You know who to you know who, who you know which palms to grease and mm-hmm. which. Uh, you know who to give a hard time to because you've you've been there you've got the experience you're established and you know you know the the world that you're in you know how to get things done yeah yeah i still think this mission though this uh outside of thing like the stuff you hear about what happens on the citadel is just very dark especially like the character like mouse was like a one of the smarter parts of the children who survived on the citadel and didn't just get trapped in a, in a duck and just fall to their death yeah that is that in particular is like super grim yeah yeah well, but again it's because you know we don't we we have the upper or the presidium and then we have like the lower wards and and you know they tried to differentiate between the two but you know i, I think as i said earlier like even then like omega felt like the lower wards on steroids and ilium felt kind of like the presidium kind of you know reimagined to a degree um, but we don't really get a good view of like just how dirty the lower wards are outside mm-hmm. of. I mean, we're basically we're in like the Citadel Mall mm-hmm. of yeah. all of this. Bailey the mall, the mall cop. <laughs> exactly, a little bit. He looks kind of like a mall cop. <laughs> <Kinda>. <laughs> but but yeah, the underside of the Citadel is is not good. Yeah, and it makes sense. I mean, because it's it's seems like the kind of place where a lot of stragglers would wind up, where a lot of people would go looking for opportunity and then kind of wind up, you know, in like the lower, you know, the lower class parts where they're struggling, you know, financially. And well, yeah, so it makes sense. You'd have sort of an underclass where the, the kids would wind up. You know, what else are they going to do? There's no, it doesn't look like the kind of place that has like wide open spaces. Yeah. It's not natural yeah. at all. Yeah. And if, so, if you're too poor to get to, to get a charter or ship or anything else, what do you do? It's not it's not Ilium where you can become a slave and try to you know work your way up that way. Yeah, and they're not going to let you come play around in the Presidium. That they've made that clear. Oh, no, no. So yeah, you know you learn learn to use the ducks. Yeah, I mean, and this really is like I I would love for them to explore the city. Like the Citadel could be its own entire game. Yes, you know you could have like a absolutely. I don't want to. You could have like a bat like a Arkham City kind of. God, that would be so fun. If you were like a soldier or something and just like tearing through the Citadel or, you know, like a cop just tearing through the Citadel, ugh, play the hell out of that game. That would be fun. But like, how would that go over? Because I, I think for a certain, you know, for, for, for plenty of people, Mass Effect is, is synonymous with traveling to planets and stuff. And if you were going to be like, oh, no, we're going to do like a Mass Effect game where you're just on one location for the entire time and we're just going to dig into that location in incredibly deep yeah like at an incredibly high level but you're not going to have a ship you're not going to be flying around different galaxies like you are you're you're, you know you're grounded effectively yeah you would almost have to make that game you know 
blah, blah, whatever game name and then like subtitle it like, you know, a Mass Effect story yeah, or it, somehow it, make yes. it clear it's in the it Mass Effect It'd be a spinoff game. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Or maybe even like, you know, not that they're around anymore, but like make it like a Telltale game where it's like, okay, oh, we're going to. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's really, it's, it's really, that really wouldn't be too far off from like a Mass Effect game as it plays now, which is without no. combat. Yeah, that would, that would actually work pretty well. Yeah. No, I'm sad that I can't, you know, have my Telltale Mass Effect game. Yeah, you put this idea, <laughs> yeah, you put this out in the universe and now I'm just crushed. Like, oh, I want to play this. <laughs> well, if anybody other than Bobby Kotick is listening, please make this happen. <laughs> so, yeah, so, so I guess as far as the, uh, was it Talid is the, uh, the target? Mm-hmm. That, uh, Jerome that is tr- trying. Yes. So as far as he goes at the end, you uh, I guess we all let him get away then. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't seem consequential. Yeah, yes. let him get away. Don't worry. Cerberus says they'll uh, make sure. Or did to... I shoot him? I think you can shoot him. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, that's the thing is like, that's like the renegade option is that yeah you either yeah like because uh. If you're a paragon, like Shepard gets angsty and he shoots the light and they just punches Kolyat and tells him, like, listen to your dad. Your dad's dying. Yeah. Like, and that's what I ended whereas, up doing because like the conversation yeah. in the, the renegade branch, I, I felt like, I don't know, it seemed not as good or not as satisfying. Yeah. But the renegade version is like Shepard just outright shoots t- to lead and denies Kolyat the kill, which I did not see coming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that I didn't realize that was an option that worked impressively. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> At least now Cerberus is going to pay some other politicians to run against this guy. So this pro, this anti-human will just take over. Yeah. 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 The, the, the elusive man summary at the end of this is just, if you're not reading those, you're missing out so much on mm-hmm. how Shepard, like the elusive man is, is, is he's like a, a shark, like in the wake of a boat throwing out chum or Shepard would be the boat. <laughs> like, <laughs> like he's just he's just lit like Shepard is this agent of chaos going out into the universe and just messing up all these different systems and w- within reason like Shepard's got his you know his or her agenda like Shepard's Shepard's not trying to do anything necessarily but then the elusive man just watches to see like what did Shepard shake loose that I can then move in on and yeah Shepard messes up a lot of stuff on the Citadel that is uh, we, it's wide open for the elusive man because yeah um, yeah because there's uh Tell him who's like the, uh, that's the, the businessman that you, 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 you not torture, but like, like you and you and Thane have a fun little like bad cop, batter cop interrogation. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And this is what we were just talking about a minute ago where Bailey's kind of like, yeah, sure. I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'll talk to his lawyer. I'll keep his lawyer busy and then you can go in there and give him the business. Yeah. Business in my fist. Exactly. Indeed, yes. Yeah, the, the, the best part is like Thane has to like pull you aside because like again, like there's a little mini game to this that you have to actually navigate. And Thane's like, okay, like you're doing it good or you're not doing it good. Like we need to make sure we're straight as far as who's the good cop, who's the bad cop. Right. This, is, this is it's like uh was it you guys ever see the other guys where uh th- there's one part where uh Mark Wahlberg comes in to interrogate somebody and he, he he says, we're going to do good cop, bad cop. So Wahlberg comes in and he's clearly the aggressive bad cop. And then Will Ferrell goes oh, even yeah, harder on yeah, the guy yeah. and he starts like throwing him around and yelling at him. And he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. He's like, I thought we were doing bad cop, bad or cop. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, that's a thing. It's, yeah. It's, oh, crap. That was the good cop. <laughs> right. Exactly. Like, oh, 
Because even then, yeah, the, the guy being inter- interrogated is like, oh, I'd, r- I'd rather deal with him. I'd rather deal with him. Right. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's that, that's a fun little sequence. And then, uh, yeah, so like this guy's clearly, I mean, he's clearly corrupt because as, as uh, we pointed out, like Bailey's selling him policeman ball tickets and kind of agreed like, okay, as long as you buy the policeman ball tickets, we'll kind of look the other way on most of your stuff. Yeah. Um, What's also interesting is this guy right here is a direct result of the, what you did in Mass Effect 1 because the yes. only reason he come to power is because a bunch of people got killed off from Sovereign just, just freaking attacking the Citadel. Well, to say it's a direct result of what you did in Mass well, Effect okay, 1. Yeah, yeah, so like, direct, it's, it's, I, that's not what I meant. To, you, but yeah, he's, it's, he's, a, it's the, a consequence the of, of the events. Yeah, yeah. That's what I meant. Sorry. It's not like Shepard was like, oh, okay, I'm just going to sit here. Yeah, I was sitting here like, sovereign I attack. Now I'm moving. I, I, I tried to stop it. I did my best within the confines of the game world. Yeah. Can't pin uh, this on me. That's some of the the, the beginning of uh, Captain America Civil War logic. Yes. Yeah. It's like, you, you, got, you guys are responsible for the attack on New York. And it's like, uh, I mean, no. Some of the damage, maybe, but like, no. <laughs> we yeah. didn't nuke New York, so like. That should be a win. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, the, so the elusive man, he, he's ready to move in uh, and support Kellum because uh, he's stopping the anti-human bias. And then he also does point out that like Bailey, because he's, uh, because Bailey has sort of a, I guess he's pragmatic with his morals, I guess we could say. Sure. That's a that word. Bailey is possibly a recruit for Cerberus. Oh, I thought that. Yeah, I, I enjoyed that. It's, it's like, uh, it's a like, little bit of an indictment of Bailey, but yeah, I don't know. So then again, Shepard's working for certain. Like, you know, well, I, yeah. I know Shepard's kind of, you know, kind of doing it very loosely, but still, I, but that's kind of. He's on a contract That feels kind of like that's. Hmm? He's on a contract job. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I feel like that's kind of Cerberus's MO is like, you know, we, you know that we're dirty. We know you know that we're dirty. Let's just work together very loosely. Not, nothing, you know, no formal partnership here. And then before you know it, you're, you're selling tickets to the Cerberus this ball is, every year. The, the use of that analogy. So like, is how dated is that reference? Because it, I feel like it's actually really dated. What, it, what, is, so. what is, but okay. selling tickets to the policeman's ball is sort of a way of, you know, getting off the books donations. Well, no, there's, uh, oh, that, that, I mean, no, you, you, you give money to the PBA, you get like a sticker you can put on your car and then, uh, yeah. you don't get pulled over as much. That's yeah. Okay. I guess that does still work, doesn't it? It does. Mm-hmm. Mm. Like any amount of any money is money. Sure. Money talks. Fair. I guess I want it to not be like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But. Yeah, there are some things that don't change even in 2184. It's true. It's true. I do like, too, how at the end, uh, Bailey, like, basically recounts Thane's first visit to the Citadel 10 years ago. Like, oh, yeah, we found some, you know, some dead people, and and it seemed like something was going on, but we didn't really know. But whoever it was, it was, like, the best assassin that ever did their work because we had nothing to go off of other than the dead bodies. Yeah, he's gone, though. Don't worry about it. He's gone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Yeah, Shepard has the option to say that, like, oh. I don't know what you're talking about, but that guy sounds cool. Yeah, that guy sounds like a real <laughs> badass. Different guy. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know him, oh. but he sounds cool. Different drill. Different drill. Never met yeah, him. Exactly. There's so many of them out there. Oh, yeah. The one thing, the other thing I thought was interesting, too, is that depending on how, uh, I guess, like what cho- what options you can choose at the end 
is uh, that either, you can either have Coleon either get sentenced and Bailey will like testify on his behalf to get him sentenced down uh, to just a couple years in prison as opposed to, uh, you know, like a larger sentence. Or uh, you can kind of have Bailey keep Kolya out of the judiciary system and just get community service until yeah. he can be straightened yeah, out. That's, so. that's the one I got was the second one. He's just I also picked service. that one. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was kind of like I've. I've listened, to, I, you know, I've heard enough about that. It's like, yeah, it's just. Oh, well, we just see the way they act on, on the regular, regular criminals too. We're like, mm, don't know if I want to call you on that. That's not going to make him better. Right. Exactly. Well, this is the kind of thing I could see like 10 years from now, like Coliat winds up then joining CSEC, like depending, depending on how involved Bailey is, especially since Thane, even if when you finish the mission, Thane goes back to hang out with Coliat and like be the dad that he wasn't. Um, you know, it's not going to be for much longer. So like, yeah. you know, with Kolyak kind of looking for some, you know, like looking for some kind of men- like adult to like role model, um, you know, Bailey's right there. We know Bailey, you know, has played father figure before he doesn't have bad morals. Um, so, you know, he, you know, th- that'd be an interesting relationship to see if, if, uh, you know, Bailey stays in Kolyak's life and maybe can, uh, you know, lead him in, in sort of a right path. Yeah. Help him keep on at least, you know, more or less straight and narrow as, as far as it goes. Yeah. That's why I picked that is like, it just seems like such a better outcome for him. Or the elusive man can just recruit everybody. Or that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I enjoy Bailey's arc, you know, as we get the three, uh, it's pretty interesting. So I guess the elusive man, we, we can just go ahead and say the elusive man was not successful in recruiting him. No, no, it was not successful. Unless he hasn't tried yet. Touche. Yeah. If he did try, he was not successful. Yeah. Or, or maybe, you know, it's work in progress. <laughs> or, you know, maybe he was and he's just on the super down low. All right, maybe. I'm trying to think, is there anything else with this mission here? I did like the mechanic of, although it took me a minute to kind of get used to it because there was one, one part um, where you're up in the rafters. Oh, I did not care to, for this. You have to track... Uh, you have to track Talid and his bodyguard as they go around. And, and the nice thing too is that oh, they're just as corrupt as anybody else because they're shaking oh, yeah. down stores, and then he's you know he's he's, he's talking up some some uh, constituents, and then he's shaking down another bar. So uh, there's no there are, there like no one's clean on the Citadel, right? I mean Bailey, like, and I mean that's kind of why we're talking about Bailey. Bailey Bailey's like as clean as they come. Um, because even this guy here, Talid, you know, who, you know, he, even if you, even if you're, you're willing to be like, okay, sure. He's anti-human. He's a Turian, you know, like, you know, like yeah, humans are still relatively new to the Citadel. I can kind of understand maybe where he's coming from, but maybe he's a good guy, but you know, put that all aside. Like maybe he's still a good guy under that. Like, no, he's, he's just as shady as everybody else. Right. Yeah. Um, just throws his bodyguards so, in there to just take shit and like, oh, I wasn't there. That was somebody else. Don't know why. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I didn't like the mechanics of this, but the actual like narrative of it is good. I had, I, I would just, I still struggle sometimes with this mission. Like I'll just lose yeah. him. And then it's like, yes. wait, where did he go? And he like turned into a store and I just didn't see him. Yeah. There, because some, some of the, ang- the angles are tough. Yeah. The angles are tough and I get turned around up in the, the ducks. And there's also stuff that's like you, there's items to get that, you know, are one-time missables and they're kind of tucked oh, yeah. off in corners. And so you, and you, you obviously you're on a timer, so I don't know. Yeah. You need to know exactly where you're going and like hit the missable, hit the, the, the items and right. then keep track of where they are and stay close enough that you can hit your, your timers on that. Exactly. To keep going. Yeah. Which like, how, how did you, go- not a game fault. It's just, I'm bad at levels like that. Yeah. 
No, I mean, I, I thought as far as like you kind of said, like as a narrative device, like it was a, a, a different way of yeah. like showing us how, you know, to, you know, to lead kind of operates. Yeah. Um, how, how did you guys deal with the kid in the, in the, the room as you're coming through there? Inspector, don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, yeah, I think I actually sucker punched the kid. I was <laughs> just Did like, I, I don't have time for this. Uh, no, yeah, I think now now I can't remember because I think usually I just say, I'm an inspector to go about your business. And I'm pretty sure that's what I did this time. You can't punch him. I guess it's whatever. He'll be yeah. fine. I mean, yeah, he's, he's I mean, he, yeah, it's, it's just a sucker punch. You don't knock him out or anything. Is it's that just, is that just your d- ineffective d- shepherd again? <laughs> pretty much. I, just He's frustrated. He doesn't even have time to deal with this. He's just like, I just, I just. I just resort to violence because I don't know anything else. He'll have uh, a cool story to tell. Like I got I punched, punched by, by Shepard. Shepard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Could you autograph my bruise? Like, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's always, that's always fun. And then, uh, yeah, let's see here. The other th- fun thing too, and I wish there was more about this is that, um, mouse is selling VIs of Shepard. Yes. And I wish you could actually like interact with the VI. Like I think I purchased the VI, but I don't think you can do anything with it. Like you don't get to install it anywhere on the Normandy and be like, oh hey, like here's a you know oh, no, Hollow you Shepherd. Um, or I don't know if you can use your purchased copy of the VI, but it definitely comes up in. There's a place where you can see the Shepherd VI in three. Oh, oh, in three. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, because I want to. I want to work with that. <laughs> right. I know. I feel like that would have been fun. Yeah. Well, Especially too, if you could bring that back and be like, merge this with Edie, <laughs> because then it's like Shepard would never leave the ship. <laughs> yeah. Also, remember there, there there are two Voles's uh, constantly patching this uh, VI. That's true. That's true. So yeah. All right. So, is there anything else about the Thane mission? No, I think that is yeah. a no. That is a no. So. All right. Yeah. So, yeah. Overall, I thought this was fairly interesting. I and I at least. See, the thing about Thane, though, too, is, like, I feel like he's already kind of, I mean, he's uh, he, obviously, like, his main trauma right now is the fact that he's dealing with his, di- that he's going to be dying. Right. And, like, this doesn't address that at all, but at least it addresses him, you know, his relationship with his son that, I mean, overall, like, it doesn't really change, like, Thane doesn't change that much. I guess he gets a little closer to Shepard as a result of this because Shepard helped him out. Um, but it's not like, oh, like, you know, like, Thane had a clear problem and like now he's a different person as a result. Like he's still pretty much the same person. He's just okay. Like I don't have to worry about this. I can go off now, and whether the disease kills him or whether the suicide mission kills him, he'll be okay with other outcome. But this like this makes sense the way the elusive man describes these, uh, you know the, these loyalty missions. Like oh no, like make sure like everybody's head is clear. Like this right. makes sense how this clears Thane's head, but it doesn't necessarily like change who he is fundamentally. No, he's still he's still a, a really good assassin, really calm. He just. I want to make sure his son's good so he doesn't have to worry about his son while he's uh, dealing with suicide missions. Yeah, I think it gives right. him some closure, you know? Like, he, as for as much as he says, you know, I'm going to die, it's inevitable, I think, you know, reckoning with that and getting to be at peace with it. Um, yeah. I, I, I would imagine it does help him a lot. I feel like it, this is like quintessential loyalty. Like, he, you do him a solid, like a huge, huge favor. Yes. And you also take this burden off of him. And so, yeah, of course he's going to be like, okay, I've got your back. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So speaking of people who have our backs, let's hear about the Garrus loyalty mission. 
Garrus asks Shepard for help tracking down Sedonis, who betrayed Garrus's team on Omega, resulting in their deaths. Shepard and Garrus meet with a Volus who works for a man named Fade who can contact Sedonis. After dealing with the Volus's Krogan bodyguards, Shepard and Garrus learn that Fade is working with the Blue Suns and an ex-CSEC agent named Harkin in the factory district. As Shepard and Garrus approach the factory, Harkin spots them and flees. After a firefight with the Blue Suns in the factory, Shepard and Garrus trap Harkin and learn that he is Fade. Shepard and Garrus must decide how to deal with Fade and have him arrange a meeting with Sedonis. At the meeting, Shepard speaks with Sedonis while Garrus lines up a sniper shot. Shepard must decide whether to let Garrus have a clear shot or not. Afterwards, the commander and the Turian discuss the outcome on the Normandy. So I hope we didn't ruin it that Harkin was going to show back up, but Harkin totally showed back up. <laughs> I don't Sorry for spoilers 20 minutes ago. Yes, I was, I was, I was happy to have uh, a new opportunity to interact with Harkin because he was, you know, he's a real piece no, no, of no, work. No, 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 not Harkin, Fade. Oh, uh, yeah, Fade. Not the lamest freaking... Yeah. I mean, Fade is such a cool... That is actually a super cool uh, moniker. Really? It's a super cool moniker, but it's like the worst guy took it. It really is, yeah. He does not come off as a Fade, does he? He, Like, he's squatting on that name for, like, a super cool guy who's like, oh, like, I should be Fade. It's like, I'm not. I have to be, like... This guy's Fade? This loud jackass? Come on. Yeah. Like, there's nothing about him... And I guess maybe that's why the name works, because it it, it plays against type, but it's like... Like, I feel like he he should at least have cool hair. Yeah, well, he's also kind of, like, a kind of an idiot, because, like, he can see us clearly coming up the ramp, coming up towards him, and doesn't just lock the door and run. Yeah, he had a lot of time to dip. I I mean, I guess he wanted to watch and, like, make sure that we get killed, but, like, are you serious, dude? Well, the moment I see him get sort of go up, because uh, like it's a, like a low level of a climb to get up to the door he's at, I'm like, oh, he's about to be here. Shit, I'm out of here now. Right. So I was confused because I had been playing Mass Effect three before we started the the podcast here, and then when we started playing Mass Effect one again, and when I ran into Harkin, I thought Harkin was Bailey. So I'm like, oh, Bailey's gonna come back later or whatever, like you know. And then like when I realized, like, wait, they're the different people. I was like, oh, I guess like Harkins, whoever. And then I, I complete. I don't even oh, know if I funny. realized when I played through Mass Effect Two the first time. I don't even think I realized that Harkin was the drunk guy from Mass Effect One. I think enough time had gone by that I forgot that. So it was nice to actually see the connection here. Like, oh, okay, here's where Harkin shows back up. Here's why he's terrible. Yeah. And. uh yeah, I, yeah, I had the same experience like by the time because I'm pretty sure I had like three or four years between Mass Effect 1 and 2 for whatever reason. And like I, I had the same like because uh, the, the game is clearly like, hey, remember this guy? And I was like, I, I don't know who you are. Yeah, I also forgot about him. But I came back. Oh, yeah, this guy. So did Fade survive? No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my Fade survived. Maybe his nose and his kneecaps didn't, but he survived. Yeah. Oh, no, no. My Fade's dead AF. But what, what if he gives you galactic readiness? He does not. <laughs> I would argue that killing him probably gives you galactic readiness. Yeah, it should. It doesn't. But I, I do agree. I think it should. Like, you should get, like, a C-Sec buff or something. Like, just an extra five points. Exactly. Exactly. Now, I've been, like, feeding Garrus to the dark side, like, my whole playthrough. Nice. Because it's not like Garrus, I mean, Garrus is Garrus throughout, even if you're renegade with him. But I like, I like bad cop Garrus. <laughs> well, he's not 
he's he's not bad cop necessarily. He's just uh, loose with the rules, Gary. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He'll rough uh, up a suspect, you know? Okay. Yeah, I, I really enjoy the way he headbutted, headbutted him in the face. That was really funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, didn't kill him. Exactly, exactly. Like get the hand up like oh, oh. Yeah. This <laughs> this whole mission is is one of the more satisfying like it's one of many satisfying like fun Renegade ones cuz you can play Renegade pretty much all the way through and it's great. Yeah, if you're trying to play Paragon it's a little more like uh, how 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 much are we pushing this here? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But it's like oh. in this one it's like you can, you know, you can just like shoot some guards, you can let Garrus take the shot, you know, it's you kill Harkin like it's I don't know. I like it. So did Garrus take the, well I'm sure for you Chip you let Garrus take the shot. You know what actually no. Dark side all the way. That was No. That was, oh no, I did. I did. I actually did. Oh. So I did both and then I went back and I was like, "Nah, you can shoot him. That's fine." I don't know. I I kind of wonder if I should have let him take the shot because currently the guy is just mentally just not having a good time. Can't eat, can't sleep, sees voices, food taste has no meaning. It's like, I think he's getting more punishment than just being shot. That's actually like a blessing to him. Like, hell yeah, I'm getting a bolt to the brain. Yeah. If, if you look at both of them, yeah, because like if you let him live, it doesn't seem like he's very excited about life. It is somewhat of a punishment because, I mean, he I think he partly kind of wants to wants to be put out of his misery, so to speak. And now I wish I let him live. <laughs> fair. Fair. No, this this felt like, you know, like Garrus, Garrus can often like kind of get like personally motivated under some of these situations. I mean, going back to was a Dr. Hart mm-hmm. where Garrus kind of let that get to him a little bit more than he should have. Um, but this one here, like the dude led to Garrus's team being wiped out. Yeah. Like, th- like Garrus is entirely justified in everything that he does at the, from that point on. Um, but, you know, and, and, and it, it, it's, as far as Shepard trying to be some sort of like conscience regulator, um, you know, it's one thing to, you know, like I let Harkin live just cause it's like, he's, I let Harkin live just cause I want to see if anything happens to him in three. Right. That's fair. <laughs> like, like, are you, you know, like you, you're, you're like a bad penny that keeps turning up. I want you to keep turning up. Mm. I want to see just what more crappy stuff you do. Whereas like Sidonis, he, he had this coming and then you're, 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 you're right that it's, you know, I mean, it's, it, it, great. Okay. You're feeling guilty now after you did all that. Like, you know, like you should, but it's ultimately, a little bit late for that. Yeah. Yeah. Once again, though, the elusive man chiming in, in his report at the end, uh, may be able to co-opt Harkin's criminal network. Right. It's like, oh, come on. We're just setting stuff up for this guy. Right, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the thing. He's he's taking everything he can get from from his, you know... I mean, he had a big investment in Shepard, and it's paying off for him. Yeah, it's paying a lot of dividends for him right now. He's getting so yeah. It's like when you're playing, like, Uno, and you know that the guy after the turn after you, he, like, is going to win because he keeps getting rid of his, all his cards. And you're like, I'm going to, th- let me throw like a draw two at you. Let me throw a skip at you. And like, whatever you're throwing him, he's got the counter. And you're just like, come on. <laughs> like he's just, everything just plays to his favor. Yeah. 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 O- overall. I mean, this, this is a short mission. It is. It is pretty short. It, and I guess it makes sense to be short. I mean, like Garrus, we already got like the, I mean, it's kind of an extension of Garrus's, arc again like you know as far as you said pushing him to the dark side or uh, you know trying to kind of moderate garris's impulses uh necessarily i mean right. that, we kind of went through that in the first game um so it's interesting that they made it a little more 
Like this time they act like, like I said, they justified how personal it was. Like it's not like Hart did anything in the first game to, you know, like it's not like he killed anybody Garrus knew. All he did was he kind of got away when Garrus was supposed to catch him. Yeah, and, and Garrus didn't I mean, I don't know. Like I'm sure Garrus had sympathy for Dr. Hart's victims, but it wasn't about that. Like for it was clearly for him about this guy getting away from him. Yes. Yeah, like this time now, like Garrus feels guilt for what happened. Uh, as we said, Sedonis feels guilt for what happened. Like it's a lot. This is a lot more personal. It this is. is a lot. Ha- and and that was the other thing too. I was kind of interested to see. Like I kind of felt like if I let Garrus, because like, I you know like I didn't let Garrus kill Hart until Hart made it inevitable. Mm-hmm. Right. But letting Garrus kill Sedonis, I'm like, okay. I kind of wanted to be like, okay, like let's see what happens if I let you give in to your impulses here. Like, what am I pulling anything back? Um, because. You know, it's it's like I kind of want to see like is is, Gar- is Garrus going to wind up re- feeling remorseful afterwards? You know that he shouldn't have. Uh, you know he shouldn't have have have, have let. Uh, you know he shouldn't have killed Sidonis, and ultimately he winds up. He thanks Shepard for the help with Sidonis, and then he he says, and I'm not sure. I'm, I'm curious about this because when I talk to Garrus, I'm still midway through the playthrough. I haven't done everybody's loyalty missions. But he says that he basically, you know, like, it's a really nice moment. Like, Shepard says, like, you know, honestly, you know, like, because, again, like, he and Garrus have, you know, already been through a ton. Like, he, you know Shepard trusts Garrus. That he's, you know, he, you, you know, he sits down with Garrus. He's like, honestly, what do you think we're up against here? How do you think we're going to do? Because mm-hmm. I think Garrus says something initially, like, oh, yeah, like, you know, you, you fought the Reapers or, or uh, what, the Collectors killed you, and all that did was piss you off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. You know, so he's like, uh, he's like, you know, honestly, like, what do you think is going to happen here? And Shepard and Garrus is like, you'll, you'll be fine. Like, I, no, I'm not worried about you. But he's like, we're going to lose people on this mission. Yeah. And I'm curious, is he saying that? Is that the actual dialogue there, or is that some kind of like, like, um, if you have all the loyalty missions oh. done and you, you've completed all the armor and everything, all the upgrades to the Normandy, is Garrus going to be like, oh, we're going to be fine? Like, nope, we're, like, no, we're, we're I, exactly where we need I to be. I think that's always his assessment. I'm not sure. I would have to check, but I, I'm pretty sure that's always his assessment. I've never done his loyalty mission like last, though. So I don't. I, I don't think you'd have to do his loyalty mission last. I think you do his loyalty mission whenever, and then you don't have the dialogue with him until after oh, you finish all the loyalty missions. Yeah, oh, I, see, I, I can't. I can't. Can't keep myself away from Garrus for that long. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. He can though, because he's always calibrating stuff. But, but then he does have this thing where he says like he's not a good Turian because like a good like he says like a, a good Turian when given bad orders will execute the bad orders. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, he's like, I can't do that. I have to do the right thing. I, I have to step out of line in that case. And then he tells this fun story about uh how uh, like on a on a Turian ship, they they're allowed to blow off steam with uh, like organized fighting, basically. Uh huh. Um, you know, where they they spar uh, like full contact sparring, but like it's you know no injuries allowed, but just to you know let everybody kind of let it out. And so he's sparring with a female crew member, and they go nine rounds, and it's a draw. And so he's like, "Oh, the betters were all pissed." He's like, "But then we had another round back in her quarters," <laughs> and uh, and he talks about how in the fight, like he had he had reach, but she had flexibility, and then back in her quarters, he had reach and she had flexibility. Yeah, Garrison dog, <laughs> I love that. This is incidentally where you can. That's like the kickoff point if you want to start romancing Garris. Ah, okay, yes, yeah, yes. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of interesting though. Like, uh, depending on what you do here in this mission, too. If you like where I let let Sedona survive, he afterwards goes to C Sec and confesses to all to murdering ten people in Omega. But Ooh. but C Sec's like, 
that's not our jurisdiction. We can't do anything yeah. about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. It's, it, which is also, I think that's why I went back. I think I saved scum this twice because I did Renegade. And then I was like, ah, I kind of want to see Paragon. And then I did that and was like, nope, Renegade, please. Because, yeah, it's like he goes and confesses his crimes and C-Sec's like, oh, sorry, dude. Well, that's, see, now that's interesting. Now I'm regretting with the, uh, yeah, because again, now I want to see, is he, you know, does anything happen to him in, in three? Is there a follow up on that? If he's wandering around, oh, sort of the man there, who can't be arrested. I think there right? is. You're going to have to, you're going to have to give us an informed Kura. Well, yeah, let us know when you see him again. Like, we'll see what happens. I do, I do know it affects Garrus differently in three. Depending on how you took this mission, mm-hmm. but more on that in a future episode. And actually, I think there's one side quest that we missed. Uh, going back to the Thane mission, actually. Where, oh right, uh, where it unlocks the there, uh, yeah, customs yeah. smuggling. Yeah, there's a an Asari. Well, well. Okay, so this is weird because I think we were, we were talking about this in pre-show as far as how this all works. When you're going through um, Thane's, I think it's Thane's stuff, or maybe it's Garrus's stuff, one of the missions, uh, you come across some forged IDs. And when you do that, it comes, it gives you a quest, find somebody who can use these forged IDs, which is very odd. Very vague. Yeah. Yeah. And then when you come out of, as you're going around the Citadel, you come across these two uh, Asari who are trying to get through customs and they can't. And one of the ways you can kind of get them through customs is to offer them the forged IDs. It's, yeah, it's uh, Kalara Tomi, who's an Asari. Uh, She needs to get back on her ship into Asari space, but she's on a C-Sec no-fly list. Mm -hmm. And so you talk to customs and like, we can't tell you what's going on. The, The list is classified. Uh, and so you either have to, so if, assuming you want to help her, you either, uh, can give the, give them the forged IDs to get them through, or you can just kind of keep like yelling at customs, uh, uh, into flagging them for review, which while they're in, in flagged for review, they are allowed to travel and so they can get on, get back on their ship, get back to a sorry space. Right. I did help them. Um, even though she was very, very snippy and rude at first. Well, kind of understandable though. You've all been in those those flying situations where things are going kind of shitty. You're like, yeah, screw the world. You're being maybe ruder than normal just because you're like, I want to get out of here. Being in the airport right. sucks. I just want to go home. Yeah, yeah. No, nobody like airports are not intended for like you to hang out for any length of time. <laughs> and so when you have to, yeah, it becomes uh, they can they, they if, if it can become grating. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna falter for that. Yeah, I'd be stimpy too. Do we ever find out like why she was on the no fly list, or do we know like did, did Shepard do the right thing here by letting him through? I that's what I was looking. I was trying to figure out if there was uh, a f- any consequences in three. I think no. I don't think so. So Shepard's just good guy Shepard letting him fly through the the no fly list, presumably. Yeah, I think so. Well, I think then, I think that wraps this up then. I think we've covered everything on the Citadel. So now we can move on to, uh, I think we're ready to go to Tachanka. Awesome. Very, very chunky Tachanka. That that has some of the moments that are, to me, like Tachanka is like the, like, 
it's like the embodiment of Mass Effect 2 in a lot of ways. I mean, outside of the main quest with the collectors and stuff, like there, there are moments on, on Tuchanka that, that have stayed with me since my first playthrough. So yeah. we'll talk about Tuchanka, that next time. as much as it's a shitty, shitty world, it's a wonderful place for missions. I enjoy going to Tuchanka. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And not just because Rex is there. If, you know, if he, if he survives. Rex helps a lot. And if Rex is dead, but, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah, it is good to see. Yeah, well, we'll get there, but we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, but yeah, so this has been episode number 32. Thank you to Jared for producing and editing. Thank you for downloading and listening. We are at Squad Goals N7 on Twitter, also at the MASH Network. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash mash those buttons. Also, YouTube at youtube.com slash mash those buttons. Chip, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on the socials at WD, that's where double Y E W D E E on Twitter and occasionally Twitch. Uh, and I'm here on the network on Wondrous Tales, where every two weeks we discuss all things Final Fantasy XIV. Kura, where can folks find you? They can follow me on the socials, on Twitter, at Kurabaras, K-U-R-A-B-A-R-A-S, or on twitch.tv slash Kurabara. And then you can follow me also on the network, talking about Apex Legends on Dropping Spicy, or you can follow us at Dropping Spicy. Hey, about you, Nick? I just want to say before we continue, thank you guys for taking time out of Endwalker to uh, oh, record yeah. this with me. Oh, no no worries. Uh, I don't think I'm still I, in queue. I would say like <laughs> 4,000 people in front of you. Oh, wait. <laughs> yeah. You get kicked oh. again. Get back at the end of the line. Yeah, we can schedule our recordings around when you're in the queue. So. There you go. <laughs> no, but I am at WikiBH on Twitter. You can also find me here on the Mash Those Buttons Network on WoW Talk, talking about Warcraft news and guild management, and also on the Torn and the Goblin, talking about Warcraft story and lore. Join the Mash Those Buttons community on Discord at mash.gg and email us your thoughts or questions. Let us know what you thought of uh, Garrus and Thane's loyalty missions uh, and who you let live, who you let die at squadgoals at mash.gg. And if you enjoyed this episode and would like to help us out, please share it and rate it if you can. And visit mtv.gg slash support to see all the ways you can support Mash Those Buttons and all our great podcasts, including on Patreon, where for as little as $1 a month, you can gain early access to content as well as to Patreon-exclusive content. You can also check out our Humble Bundle affiliate link as well as our PayPal one-time donation link over at mtv.gg slash support. And stay tuned to hear about all other shows on the Mash Those Buttons network. For Chip and Kura, I'm Nick, and I should go. See you, Commander. This is my favorite podcast on the network. I think it's time to get some space Cinnabons. Is that that's your new <laughs> outro? We're going with that now every week. No. <laughs> I'm gonna forget it next week. Thanks for listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. If you enjoyed the show, you should check out mashthosebuttons.com and see if any of our other shows might interest you. All of our shows are available on your podcast platform of choice like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. If you enjoy our content, you can help support Mash Those Buttons by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash mashthosebuttons, where you can receive Patreon bonuses for as little as $1 a month. You can connect with Mash Those Buttons at twitter.com slash the Mash Network, facebook.com slash mash those buttons, or join our Discord at mash.gg slash Discord. 